Oh, uh, hello. Hello. Yes. I can't hear you. Oh, damn. You can't hear me? No, I can hear you. I just don't understand why you're talking like that. Oh, okay. Well, how am I supposed to talk? I don't know. Calmly. Are you calm right now? Or did you drink your coffee? It took forever to get here. Oh, uh, yeah. How about you? Did you have your coffee? You sound kind of crabby yourself. Uh, I'm not crabby. This is how I wake up every day. This is a good mood for me. Oh, I see. Did you wake up in a trash can? No, I don't wake up. I live in a mansion. I live in the hugest mansion in Beverly Hills. I live in the biggest one ever. Everybody knows that. You got to know that. You know me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't get the new. I didn't get the memo. That's because there's something deteriorating with you, of course. And of course, you didn't get the memo. You're older than a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, so how how you doing? Happy uh, <laughs> Happy Easter, Dino Dad. I'm Jewish. I don't care about Jesus. He's, he was one of the Jews. He's celebrating Passover. That's what I've been doing, eating, eating my matzo balls. Eating my <laughs> matzo balls, dipping them in ketchup. That's what I do. Eat matzo balls and ketchup. That's what I do. Because that's all we ever had back then. <laughs> uh, Elijah didn't even come by. Uh, dino. Profit my uh, ass. Oh, I got the famous dino dad on my show. I'm, I must be blessed. Yeah. So it's okay. Somebody walked in my room. They didn't know what I was doing. Oh, really? Yeah, I had to tell them to leave. Now they think I'm pissed off at them. It's Dino Dad that's pissed off. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, you don't want to piss off Dino Dad. No, 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 you don't. Because the, the thing is, is when I get pissed off, I let you know. I let you know from the heart what I mean. Because when I get pissed off, it's a very, very sad story. It comes from a very dark place. I can't talk about it. Yeah, I hear you, but just keep doing. Are, are you going on tour soon, Dino Dad? I've already toured. I toured the world. I've toured everywhere. You haven't seen me. I've been out there. I've been in London, Japan. I've been in Bethlehem. It's a very interesting place over there. Not as many Jews as I would think over in Bethlehem, but you know, I've been there too. Yeah, I go everywhere. Everybody knows who I am. Did you go to the uh, the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem? Oh, that's one of my best open mics, right in the well. <laughs> I go there on Shabbat. I go there on Yom Kippur. It's very interesting on Yom Kippur. I go on the top of the, I'm getting the Dome of the Rock. I go there when they're bowing down. I say, this is the best audience I've ever had. Everybody's bowing <laughs> before me. Uh, wow. Good for yeah. you, man. I'm, I'm glad to see things are happening for you. Yeah, well, lots of happening for me these days. Lots of things. And everybody's saying, oh, you sound like Gilbert Gottfried. And I'm like, no, no, no. Gilbert Gottfried sounds like him. I, me, I taught him everything I know. Everything I know. And he just took it and he went with it. And then for years and years and years, and then he finally died. Ugh. Wow. And he I took all the credit. He's a, he's, he's a good Joe, though. He, he knew to die before tax day. Yes, I'm exactly. I that, too. Yeah. I said, you're going to be a good Jew. Don't pay your taxes before you die. No, no, good, uh, good Jew holds on to the money, you know? Yeah, that's exactly it. All right, well, I got to get going. Do you want to talk to that other, other sack of shit, Noah? Uh, yeah, yeah, send him in. All right, all right, all right, Noah, get over here. We got your little piece of twerp. They're always talking about depression and everything. Ah! <coughs> all right, I don't know what that was about. But, hi, Steve. Hey, good morning, uh, Noah. Good morning. How are you? I, I can't complain. Uh, how did you sleep? Uh, I was up late last night because I am like trying to 
to I was actually up with us and trying to make a poster for this comedy show that I'm going to produce uh, when I get back to Seattle um, in May. And it just is kind of a coincidence. Like I planned it out a while ago and it's kind of the kind of the theme was mental health. Uh, and I got I kind of met, met a lot of comedians along this way since we first started talking. And, um, you know, I, I started kind of listening to some of their stories and a lot of them talking about mental health. And I thought that I'm a therapist. This would be a great night to like have, you know, this theme I, I have found not everybody agrees with me, but I have found like having a central theme is kind of nice for the comedians and nice for the audience because I don't tell the comedians to talk about necessarily their mental health, but it still kind of brings things together. Um, but I've done a lot of shows with themes like the before I even came to uh, left left uh, Seattle for my whole little mental health retreat. I um I had this New York New York comedy New York New Jer New York Jewish New Jersey ish kind of comedy night at the Water Wheel, and I had a live band and it was just a lot of fun. It was it was kind of an intense week, but I, you know my mom was visiting. And uh, it was to kind of honor her. And it was also my birthday that week. So I told everybody, uh, if I called it a birthday party for myself, my mom wouldn't come. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, uh, I, I, I was up late last night just kind of organizing uh, the comedy stuff, which is kind of what I do a lot of these days. Yeah. Well, that's good. I and mean, that's what you enjoy. I really enjoy it. It's been it's been really interesting. I kind of remember our, our first podcast, which however long ago that was, that was really that was in like I don't know, was it September or October? I had really just started. Yeah, around that time, yeah, October, early October. Yeah, that was it was yeah, I just started. I was kind of nervous on that podcast at that point. As you're the first podcast I've ever done and uh, and the second one I've ever done. <laughs> That's all good. I've done a couple others since then, but um, and then I started my own podcast, and and I kind of emulated this this general style that I picked up from you. Um, but yeah, um, it's it's been a kind of a wild ride. I, things happen fast. I didn't realize how fast things could happen because uh, even at that point when I was just starting out and i just taken over the open mic at the water wheel I, I at that point i did i said this story before i didn't realize that open mics were really for professional comedians to work out their stuff i i, I and then i just thought it was like for dads in the neighborhood that had a few knock-knock jokes that just wanted to like tell them to the local bar flies and stuff and um then i promoted it and everybody kept showing up and it was really really hard for me to believe what was happening it felt like this weird world that uh did, like existed but it just didn't feel right and everybody kept saying there's a scene here there's good things happening and i said i, I can't believe this it's not real and uh, one of my comedy colleagues uh she goes by amy eight was really kind of been a rock in terms of helping me continue to organize and she's still organizing it. She's been hosting the open mic since I've been gone. And this other nice comedian who I run another room um, and help kind of do, do showcases there. His name's Jack Slattery kind of has been a very, all these guys, it's just been a nice community of people that are really um, supporting each other. And um, that's one thing I like about the Seattle 
uh, comedy communities. There's really good people there. And I didn't expect there to be so many people who are not overly self-absorbed. Although I do am aware that they do want their own personal careers to grow and, you know, have their own personal success. Like I think everybody kind of aims for to some degree, but uh, overall, I think what's going for them is that they definitely think beyond themselves and that's what gets their own success to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to get self-absorbed. Um, you know, I, I've been there myself. I've gone to open mics, and I'm so busy thinking about what I'm going to say that I'm not listening to the other comics. And, uh, you know, I think you got, we work through that phase until we evolve. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, 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 and you don't know, I don't, you don't, for me, I didn't know when the evolution or whatever. Because um, I didn't. <laughs> that often and when I did I, I was you know kind of kind of like anxious or I just didn't really understand how to do this I would just tell stories you know related to my childhood and um, I would kind of exaggerate parts of it you know I would use my 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 an exaggerated version of my mother's New York Queens thing that she, that she does now 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 you never understand anything and I would just kind of go with that sometimes and those things seem to be kind of received well. And, um, you know, but I, I, I started to notice here in, 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 as I've been doing open mics in Los Angeles every night since I got here and I did some in Denver. I love the Denver comedy scene too. It's, 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 they have a very, very nice place, uh, for, for comics, but here, you know, I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm here. I better really commit to figuring out how to get a set going. And as the weeks went on, or the past few weeks, week and a half went on here, um, I'd been to open mics. And, you know, I, I think me as Noah had been well received, but, you know, Noah's going through through personal things in his life. And um, I think it, 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 it kind of was dragging people down. Not that they were, you know, I don't know anybody that personally here, but, I, you know, you're talking about personal things and your mental health. It, it's it's hard to laugh at, especially when it's it's pretty raw right now. And then I thought, well, I have this Dino Dad thing going on. Why don't why don't I just use that as a way to tell the one liner jokes? And Dino Dad is a character that thinks he's the the best thing in the world. And uh, but I also know that how do I how do I protect myself? And people have told me this before like you should you lean into the character of dino dad and um i i i i realized that dino dad you know protects noah you know in a lot of ways and 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 noah can't get you know can get heckled but dino dad will will manage manage that quite a bit for noah and he he and people can laugh at dino dad because he doesn't take anything personally but he can definitely publicly display his frustration with you which has happened in the past. Like some people will heckle him and I'll, and Dino dad will say, Hey, are you on stage right now? It looks like you had your five minutes and your five minutes is up. <laughs> quiet, leave me alone. Otherwise I'm going to continue to yell at you for the rest of my set. And I'm going to be very pissed off if I spend this next five minutes yelling at you. Okay. I yell at Noah enough. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it, it's fun to play with characters. And I think you and somebody else I talked to recommended kind of do, playing with multiple characters. And somebody mentioned like Jeff Dunham does puppets and, you know, you don't have to do puppets cause I don't want to do that, but I could kind of 
play on stage with like multiple personalities or dissociative identity and that that kind of that kind of goes into the, the the aspect that I'm a mental health counselor and my father was a psychologist and definitely I learned about a lot of these things from him too so it's all informative on on comedy and telling a I think a kind of meaningful story if uh, if that's what I'm trying to do I'm not sure well, I, I have seen the evolution of Dino Dad. I remember I, thought, I saw the, your first advertisements for it, for the water wheel. And I thought, who is this obnoxious guy? This is not Noah. And I see you've been building upon that character ever since. Yeah, he was just kind of like a version. And it wasn't really, a, it was like, okay, I, I'm advertising. And, you know, hello, this is Dino Dad. And Dino Dad was not what he is now. Dino Dad was this happy guy that, that promoted and uh, maybe that version of Dino Dad is somewhere. Maybe that's like a children's show version of Dino Dad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I know Uncle. Um, but yeah, and so so I've done that, and um, uh, and, and and but I did notice as I was hosting sometimes, you know, you know, you're there, and, and even though it's not my bar, I'm kind of like the I would be like the manager of the comedy club, and. You know, you, 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 you have to manage, you know, the bartender's busy and every now and again, there would be people who tell jokes that are just not in good taste. And, you know, I, I would, I would get a little frustrated because, you know, the comedians are known to like, you know, roast people who one may tell a really off, off key joke or, or an audience person just continues to heckle and that happened one night and i was really taken back by my reaction to it because i kind of got this sense of like <coughs> i don't know b bravado or something which it was it's just not usually who i am but uh you know i i didn't like the joke that was told and i didn't like that there is continued roasting of of that comedian because i just thought it was bullying at one point but uh, and then then they their audience member continued to heckle about this joke and I stood up and I just said enough's enough. I said if any boy people make any more jokes or any more people talk about this topic, you need to get out of the bar. I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. And I I never have done anything like that. But when I think about that, that was kind of like a, the Dino Dad, and you know it was it was just an off joke. And somebody mentioned to me, well. Dino Dad isn't gonna like jokes that revolve around sexual assault. He's a dad, so, <laughs> so, so, so I felt weird about it. But then once somebody kind of put it in perspective, like it's okay, like you did the right thing by standing up. It's just that you're uncomfortable because you don't usually like stand up in that way to to certain things publicly. So, yeah, it's been an evolution for sure. Yeah, and also I think uh, it's been a great journey being an MC for you. It gives you unlimited stage time. Like, you know, an open mic comic, all they get is five minutes. That's not really enough time to develop their stage personality. Yeah. And uh, you, you, all that time in the stage has allowed you to grow confidence. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, just grow confidence and even getting my own kind of personal help has been very, very grounding. I, I kind of figured that out like I was in Colorado getting getting some help for for like from February to March and I even did an open mic at the treatment facility place uh, I did get canceled because uh, there I think uh, you know people are very sensitive to topics and I didn't tell the joke but somebody told a joke about masturbation and then 
then uh, then the staff told me the next day that I got canceled, which I, I felt fortunate of that I got canceled at a mental health treatment facility because I, I explained that your canceling of me has reinforced the feeling of rejection that I didn't want to feel because I have rejection sensitivity syndrome. I don't have that, but I was just trying to use that as a way to get my show back. Like, can you can you let me back in? Uh, and perform a, or host another mic because of what what has happened. You guys, you guys thought you were dealing with a sub something in a in a in a way to prevent a cause, but it actually led to this. But it still didn't work. They wouldn't let me <laughs> perform anymore there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a very sensitive area, mental health. Years ago, I did a comedy set. Um, you know, when I was in the field too, uh, for the patients, and my boss yanked the microphone out of my hand and just squelched me and then lectured me uh, in uh, his office later about the inappropriateness. So it's a very, it's a good thing you didn't get up and, um, and do that. Oh, they lectured you about inappropriateness. Well, I read the book, The Four Agreements. And what I learned from that is everybody, when they're talking about things, is about who they are and nothing, uh, e even the positive or negative that someone projects about them. So I think whatever was going on for your boss, if they weren't understanding the nuance of it, was about them and their own comfort level. But I guess they're entitled to set some boundaries, too. Well, no, what it was, I understand why he did it. He was thinking I was an administrator. He was afraid that what I was talking about was going to upset the other patients. It was going to set them up. I was really talking myself. I was making fun of myself and my own mental illness. But he afraid, afraid the words that I he was using, like stretcher, EDP, you know, uh, emotion disturbed person, ambulance, 911. He yeah. thought that was going to set up set off some of the patients. So he immediately squelched me. Ah, it sounds like it set him off more. I think the patients probably would appreciate it. Usually when you can like laugh at your situation and kind of. They all did. They, they all did. They all laughed. No, no patient was upset. But after that, I never, ever mentioned comedy around him ever again. I acted totally serious. I kept my comedy a complete secret all those years. Uh, I was so ashamed. I was in tears. I, that's how ashamed I was. Yeah, it's true. It's 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 hard because you want to, you know, when you are, you know, and you're you're a pretty genuine person, and when you are a genuine person, and people try to like snatch that away, it makes you feel like you cannot be genuine, and it just eats at your soul. I mean, not not always because you 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 can still manage, but at times it's like like I I don't want to be at this place because this person is trying to control uh, something about me that that I you know, I'm not always able to control. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, but and you get in these areas with mental health, substance abuse, you're around some very sensitive people and you can't say whatever you want to say, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's the, that's, that's what everybody's feeling these days. And, uh, I'm just telling people, cause even with the comedy thing, I mean, so many comedians are just taught like <laughs> the ones that like the bigger places are always talking about canceling and this and that. And I tell, I, when at the open mic in Seattle, I, you know, I, I haven't gone into much depth with it, but I do let people know. I said, look, if you're up, if the comedians are up here and you start shaming them or shunning them and all this stuff, you have to remember that they're up here practicing. And if you try to cancel them, then you're not just canceling them. You're canceling yourselves because what you're doing is you're limiting people's opportunity to express what is actually going on in this world. And then all you're going to have is whatever the media or whatever the news tells you. Uh, and you're going to have like this state run comedy. Uh, and, and so you, you progressive people, please, please, please just have be cognizant, have some good causes, speak up, 
but don't don't do the thing that you're actually doing because be careful for what you wish for you know so i don't know i've experienced like people like that and i you know i i joke that like seattle folks you know they think they're so woke but i keep telling them they need to wake up <laughs> yeah, yeah i know i mean come yeah. on is nancy pelosi really woken up no, I know she eats dark chocolate though. That's her thing, and I guess that means she's not woke because you know dark chocolate is not as good as milk chocolate. Oh, she's on dark chocolate. Yeah, she she encourages everybody to eat dark chocolate. I saw her on television talking about that. You know, it's what I guess that's what helps with her like constant, like angry smile that she has. I think she's got Parkinson's, honestly. Oh, I I don't know. I I haven't watched it that closely, but I mean, she's like she's like like in her eighties, right? She's old. All of them, even even Biden. I, I I call him the old diaper. I I, I you know, can you smell what the Rock is cooking? I can. Can you smell what the diaper is cooking? Well, you, you know, the Rock might be our next president, so you never know. Well, he's a genuine guy, Dwayne. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, we're at that point where it's just like just hire like these guys. I mean, Zelensky's a, a former comedian, and you know, and and the Rock has lots of charisma. I mean. Just imagine if The Rock like had to like talk to Putin. Do you think that <laughs> that, that 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 like like Rock's gonna take any crap from him? He's gonna look. No, at are you, are you, Arnold's a great leader too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he was the governor, but he can't run for president because he's Austrian. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, oh, you're right. Know. But you're right. The genuine entertainers can really, you know, tap into. Well, I mean, Reagan was an actor, so you know. Uh, uh he was. Yeah, he was an actor. He was a bit of an asshole, but you're right. Uh, he was a. Uh, <laughs> I, I know, but I still remember Phil Hartman's uh, portrayal of Reagan early on, and uh, there, there's a whole really wonderful SNL sketch where he, he they thought he was kind of like Biden when he would just kind of sit down and go, well, you know, I, I can't really think about what's going on, and then, then the TVs would go off, and he'd just be like talking about the Cuban, was the Cuban Missile Crisis and all these things, and he, he was just organizing it. Anyways, it's a great sketch with Phil Hartman. I remember I used to watch that. Uh, it was pretty funny, but in the early '80s. Oh yeah, the 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 the, the '80s and '90s era of SNL was quite brilliant. And that's what that's what shaped and influenced you watching that. Yeah, I watched all those uh, people. I mean, I I grew up watching that, and I even grew up watching Johnny Carson. You know, because my parents would have Johnny Carson on, and I remember watching the last episode of Johnny Carson, and I remember the whole late 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 night uh wars between jay leno and david letterman and then they had that hbo sh- show called the late shift i was always rooting for letterman i uh, think that my parents enjoyed him more um but uh yeah no i i i, I was definitely influenced by all those things and you know my, you know the, the first comedian i ever saw live was george carlin in vegas with my parents um, so I feel pretty fortunate that I got to see that. And so I, I listened to a lot of him. I don't think I could ever complain about things. I mean, Dino dad might complain a little bit about, about things, but he, he I stay hands off politics for the most part because, uh, you have to be very well versed and knowledgeable in, in the, in the, what's going on. And I, I don't think I would have, have the, uh, the facts straight to back it up. Oh, forget about it. some of these uh, extremists. You're right; they just blow hot air, and you don't know how to argue with them. Yeah, I just allow them to argue with me. I feel like uh, I kind of rel- I kind of I don't know what the word is. Uh, relish? That's just what you put on a hot dog. But uh, <laughs> I really enjoy when people like now that I've 
like gone had enough of my own health and treatment i really love it when people get kind of pissed off at me i i used to like feel afraid because i i i would have this sense of anger like what am i gonna do am i gonna react to this am i gonna do anything and and now it's like you know i you know, even when like, I, I actually was walking on the street the other day and this didn't we didn't end up in argument. I didn't end up in argument with this guy, but he did respond. And I believe it was a homeless guy. And I just said to him, like, hang in there. And he was walking along. He's like, why do you think I need to hang in there? You think there's something wrong with me? And I said, no, I, I you know, like it's, it, it, I, I if, if I'm going to be completely honest, I, you know, I see somebody who is probably less privileged than me. And I just you know I, I i would feel comfortable if somebody told me to hang in there and then we talked for a minute and he said you know like well i'm doing okay and i said great i said and i said and i said thank you for letting me know it seems like you know me telling you to hang in there like you know may have like triggered something with you because you don't want people to believe that you're struggling and and then we had a nice conversation and I don't know. There's a way. Just I'm just kind of feeling like there's good ways to diffuse conflict, and if people continue to project that conflict, it's just more material for me. So, you know, you're right. I, I'm starting to find out with a lot of the panhandlers is not so much the money. They just want human interaction. They want people to recognize them and and have a conversation with them. Oh, hey, Steve, we're having a little little technical difficulty. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I hear you. I cannot hear you. Uh-oh. Really. Mother flower. I am. It looks like I need to reconnect. So I don't know if that's going to do anything. All right. Give it a, give it a try. 